0: It's time for another episode of Mainly Modifieds, where ground pounders and northeast speed freaks come to get their radio fix on. Let's join the Race Chaser Media crew in the studio. Hello everyone, and welcome to this week's Mainly Modifieds episode as we uh, kick off another uh, hour or so of conversation about, well... Mainly modified, but we do try to cover whatever is going on in the world of New England motorsports and uh, had some action that we'll uh, talk about later. My name is Tom Baker with Race Chaser Media. Kyle Souza going to be joining us in a little while. Uh, We've got plenty to talk about on this show, but I don't want to delay here because we've got a really fun interview with Derek Griffith. And Derek's a driver that I've been watching for a while. Uh, We know that uh, he's got the talent, or at least we believe that he has the talent to uh, succeed in the big world of NASCAR if he just gets the chance, Uh, and he is he continues to prove that. But uh, Kyle had the chance to talk with Derek about a wide range of topics here, and uh, I'm going to just step right out of the way here, and we're going to start with uh, our feature interview for the day. Here is Kyle Souza with Derek Griffith.
1: This week, we catch up with our first non-modified guest uh, of the podcast here for 2020. We welcome in Derek Griffith, super late model competitor, now an ARCA competitor on the East, the actual ARCA series. He's done just about everything here uh, in the last three to four months, obviously COVID affecting that. Derek, want to welcome you to the program by talking about New Smyrna, which seems like oh i don't know a year from now uh we might be back there at new smyrna in february and it might feel like it was yesterday we were there it goes by quick COVID obviously delaying everything but you went down there people may forget uh you basically kicked butt in the super late model won the week down there uh, i know that must have been a really big moment for you in your career to go down there compete with those caliber of drivers uh and come out of there with a weekly championship
2: oh yeah for sure you know a pleasure to be on the show too thanks and uh you know, it was just such a cool uh, thing. We've been going down to speed weeks for so long. And to finally get a, a good you know, good week down there, um, not that we haven't had good runs down there, we just haven't had a good week down there. And it was a, a just a stellar week for sure. And we had an excellent time down there and, um, you know, try to carry some momentum into the season that uh, seemed to be postponed.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you go down there, you, you win the World Series. Uh, and, and obviously, while you're there, you kind of – meshed this uh, ride together with Chad Bryant Racing. And I I know, again, it seems like forever ago uh, that this happened. So for race fans that don't know, you get in the car with Chad Bryant, never been in the car before, you practice well, win the pole, uh, and you basically lead most of the race until you pit late. Uh, You got a penalty on pit road, had to restart in the back, still almost win the race, but come home second. Ride me through the, the wave of getting that phone call, getting in the car for the first time, and just what that whole experience was like.
2: You know it it is just, it has just been an unreal uh i still think about to this day on, on how lucky i was um it it was just crazy how the whole thing played out. i mean we went down there to race that's the super late model and that's kind of what we you know our plan was the whole time um we saw chat out um, in daytona and uh we talked over some things and you know the the plan like fell together the three days before um we were the race was you know set to take place and it just uh it really just fell together like a like if there's ever been something i know a lot of people say they get like opportunities and you know all that stuff like that was like really a luck opportunity we saw him out things just it just all the puzzle pieces fit and we went out there and uh to work with paul andrews and, and chad was, was unreal um we had a you know cool practice day and we uh, learned a lot that whole day. They had never been to New Smyrna before um, for uh, for an ARCA race, and it, uh, yeah, I mean, it just was just such a such a good day uh, overall. Um, I mean, we led 145 laps or something like that, and we uh, we pit and got that penalty and came back with like 20 25 to go or 20 to go and finished second. So, um, just uh, unreal experience for sure.
1: So you hop in that car for him, compete there that day, and then go back to the super late model. Uh, for the rest of the week. I mean, think back to to what that was like. Were there comparisons to driving the two? Did that super late-mile experience kind of help you get in that ARCA car and, and feel uh, confident driving it off in the corner for the first time?
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, as crazy as it sounds, I get a lot of experience at New Smyrna and, you know, maybe not a, a whole ton of ex- success over the years, but we've had a ton, a ton of laps there, probably one of the uh, places I've had the most races at um, in the whole country. So, we, uh, my experience at New Smyrna is, you know, high compared to um, a lot of other tracks we run at, and, you know, I think that kind of fell into my advantage uh, in a sense, but they drove similar. I mean, you take a lot of things, um, uh, you know, in context with racing in general and uh, kind of apply them to any kind of race car, and um, it, it, it helped for sure, you know, and it was cool. We we got out of that um, ARCA deal and, we uh, we won a race the next night, uh, the 50-lapper over time of and that was like a huge deal for me. You know, come off a strong run and then win over probably you know one of the best cigarette model drivers in the country, and uh, you know it, it. I don't know. It just that was like you know by far the highlight of my career, and it uh, it was huge for me.
1: So you have so much success down there, uh, and you think back to February, and I do it all the time now. Uh, you would have never thought that a pandemic's going to hit uh, and the race season is going to kind of halt uh, and still really, you know, hasn't officially come up off the ground. I mean, we've had some races, we've had some fans, no fans. Uh, so nothing really back in full swing by any means, and probably not going to get back to full swing. But what was this whole situation like? I mean, COVID affected everybody in different ways. But for you and you guys that are so committed to racing, have so much money in racing, so much equipment, uh, what is this delay like from a race car driver's perspective? Just waiting to get back on the track.
2: You know, it, it's a little frustrating to be honest. Um, not, not you know, you can't really control these things, and uh, it's it's a crazy time, but. Um, you know, it's, I don't know, it's one of those things where we were all ready to get going and, um, you know, just right about when we were ready to, to really, uh, you know, let stuff go, the pandemic hit and, um, you know, everyone's got to stay safe and everything that's going to be the number one priority of the whole country. And that's what it should be. Um, but it seems like as things start to free up everywhere else, it still seems we're kind of in a, like a lockdown stage where. You know, other places and other things are allowed to, uh, you know, have a little bit more freedom than us. And you know, it's uh, racing uh, at least has had some, you know, events go on where no fans in the stands and in a sense like that. Um, but you know, I'm, I could probably talk for most of the whole entire racing community that we're just ready to get back going. You know, we want to we want to go out there, we want to race and. Uh, you know like you said, a lot of these everyone really has so much time and money invested and in, especially just over the winter time alone um in their car and you know stuff changes so fast in the racing uh world and for it to be delayed so long um you know it was, it's it's frustrating, but you know it, we're all ready to get back going and I'm lucky enough where we've we've had a few races and we've run a few races so it uh you know I, I'm ahead of a lot of other people and as far as like C10 goes for the year, but you know, it still feels like I'm
1: lacking you know it's crazy yeah it's almost july uh and you've only had a couple races uh since speed week so let's talk about those couple races though i mean when the COVID pandemic just before it hit you were seeking sponsorship to kind of run a full Arc east deal with chad bryant uh it seemed like you got that sponsorship uh and then obviously the pandemic hit so so what kind of goes into the rest of the season now with that arca deal it kind of seems like you guys have transitioned a little bit away from running for the east championship and maybe just going to pick and choose for the rest of the schedule
2: yeah, you know, it, it turned into one of those things where the pandemic really put a stick in the spokes of the of the season for that whole deal, um, and you know, without the East deal kind of being as uh, I don't know how to explain it in a way where it makes sense, but the East deal kind of just fell apart a little bit, um, and it just you know we're like, my, we have a sponsor, uh, original gourmet lollipops that had paid for our ride and we you know there there are going to be our biggest people to keep happy and you know how do you how do you uh pitch to them that you know hey, hey there's going to be no fans in the stands it's not going to be televised you know we kind of had to you know work on their behalf um so races like Pocono and Kansas and Kentucky and Lucas Oil Raceway this Friday are all going to be televised at FS1 or MSNBC Sports um so that was kind of the pitch you know NASCAR probably has some of the best Uh, viewership it's had in years primarily because of the the coronavirus Um, so we told them that and you know we kind of got on the same page and Chad was on the same page as well you know a very successful team all over the country and we're uh, we're just ready to hit those places that are uh, you know televised and have a little bit more um, you know exposure in a sense because it's uh, it's important for original gourmet to get their exposure
1: yeah. So you're coming off a, a decent run, uh, in the Arca race at Pocono, uh, this past weekend. Never driven on that track before, obviously. And I, I swear nothing probably you've driven at all, uh, has been close to what that must have been like, uh, at Pocono. So run me through very limited practice, uh, basically no laps in the car there. I mean, what the heck was this like to get to this big track where we've never driven before and still in the end come out with a decent run?
2: Yeah, you know, it was such a cool experience. I mean, if there was anything to, like, check off the bucket list, it would be something like that, you know, running at a super speedway. In a sense, it's 2.6 miles or 2.5 miles or something like that. And, you know, I mean, that front stretch is, is almost a mile long. So 180 miles an hour sure feels incredible. I mean, uh, I've never done anything like that in my whole life. So uh, I just wish we had a little bit more time to really focus on, you know, seat time. I, I showed up and um, – you know, helped unload the car. We got there at seven twenty in the morning and everything and, you know, they kept us there till three o'clock and uh, we had a five lap practice for a rookie orientation and then we went back out and they, they had an hour long practice but they kept it in groups. So we couldn't you know we only five of us went out at a time and I was the last group so went out made another five or six laps and that was it. So you know you kinda throw me into a uh a spot where I've never really been before, you know, I've never drafted. I've never worried about dirty air. I've never worried about, you know, even going that fast. So it that's really put a, a pretty hard uh, damper on like a run. I think we probably would have been a little bit better if we had a um, little bit more experience in me in a sense too. You know, I can't really get feedback on a place where I don't know a car. I don't know and all that. So, I mean, our, our best lap of the whole race was lap 72 of 80 or something like that. And, uh, you know, it just, just a little bit, um, uh, it was a little bit uh, overwhelming a little bit, you know, I guess is the best way to put it, you know, coming in and not having that experience that the other guys do and all that. But, you know, it was, it was a solid run overall, and I, uh, I I can't complain.
1: So you got that sponsor. You got the deal with Chad Bryant. I mean, this is kind of – Uh, To me, you know, winning the World Series championship, winning the past uh, national championship kind of pinnacles. But is this kind of the pinnacle of your career, being able to run with Chad Bryan so far? I mean, you're still young, rising, uh, but this kind of puts you on a different level, it would seem, than winning a super late-mile championship would now that you've kind of taken that next step up the ladder.
2: Yeah, you know, it definitely is uh, a highlight of of my whole entire career. I mean, it's kind of – we're on that upward motion that – Uh, You know, you've seen a lot of guys that progress forward into the higher divisions and all that. And um, we're kind of, we're there, you know, we're, we're, we're doing the similar things that they're doing. Um, You know, a lot of the, you see a lot of like, you know, younger kids and um, you know, kids with a lot more financial backing and, you know, sponsorships uh, make it a lot farther than you hope uh, some of the the better drivers would make it. Um, But it's all part of the, the deal with with nascar and how it works and you know i'm just unbelievably lucky that we uh we landed the sponsorship like we did you know we landed a, the deal with Chad like we did um the, the whole deal just came together it was like the perfect storm and uh, I, I just am so lucky that that i was the one that that got it rather than you know someone else and um and you know i, I just hope that we can really capitalize on it and really you know uh, propel like my career forward in in a sense um, you know, I love watching those guys race on Saturday and Sunday. You know, it would be unreal to be there and uh, on, you know, on the same level as those guys. Um, but, you know, we dream, we all dream. Every short tracker wants to be out there running, uh, you know, kind of doing what I'm doing. So it's it's uh, unreal to be, to be able to do it.
1: Gives you the opportunity uh, to move forward now and then come back home from Pocono. Uh, and I assume going to White Mountain Friday with the pro stock and the super late model team uh what about the super late model what what are you kind of thinking here just going to try to fit it in wherever you can and and pick and choose there as well for the rest of the season
2: yeah you know we have that super late model deal and we're we're um i don't know that's always been something that i've been very very content with you know we Run everywhere, all over the country, other than you know, way, way out west. And you know, we've been to Canada. We've been, you know, bouncing around. And I'm, I'm happy with that. You know, uh, I think we've finally gotten to a really good rhythm where we're we're running pretty good just about everywhere. And um, it just, it, you know, I I could uh, you know run a super late model for the rest of my life and be a, a Bubba Pollard in a sense, or you know, a David Rogers where you know, they're looked at as, as probably some of the best in short track racing of, of all time. And, um, you know, if I could ever get to that level, you know, I would totally 110 percent feel, uh, you know, like we had a very successful, you know, um, uh, career and my team did you know everything they were supposed to do. And we, you know, it, it, that that is enough for me. I don't I don't feel like I have to make it to, um, you know, uh, Xfinity or trucks or cop or anything like that to feel like we did. You know everything that we uh, wanted to do, and um, I don't know. It just is a cool deal. You know, we like I said, we run all over the place. We we've won at uh, you know tons of racetracks all the Northeast, and um, you know driving with some of the best up here is uh, has been such a cool experience for me over the last you know it's got to be eight years now. And I think we're plenty happy doing that if that's what it comes to. And you know we'll uh, we'll keep picking and choosing our races and where we end up. And uh, I think you know we have a couple bucket list races that we still want to run with that super deal and i think i think we will for sure so that's uh, something that won't go, won't go away by uh, by any means
1: going to be a busy guy uh in 2020 our final question for you uh before i let you go i'd be crazy not to ask since this is mainly modified uh thoughts about the modifieds is that something you'd consider if the right opportunity came up i know uh, a lot of drivers tell me they'll drive anything uh if the opportunity comes up but is the modified something you've thought about do you enjoy watching them i mean what goes through your mind when you see these cars
2: oh yeah of course i mean those those tour mods and even those like sk mods uh down there in Connecticut and. Those things are, are look like a blast to drive. Uh, Louis Mitchellidis, my my crew chief, had had run a tour type mod for you know quite a few years, and I watched him run at Seekong, Waterford, Thompson, you know, all over the place, and had a ton of success down, at, especially at Seekong. And um, it, it's it's something we always talk about, just you know, doing or figuring something out, and maybe figuring you know driving them one time or like a super modified or you know we always talk about it but it hasn't been something that's you know really come together louis has an old modified that he has pretty much ready to go and uh every now and then we we uh joke around and say hey let's get that thing together go race you know the spm 125 or you know any of those um 604 crate races that run up here so i don't know we'll see if someone wants me to drive one and uh, we have the time to do it. I'd love to. Just it's, that opportunity hasn't come
1: yet. Never know uh, when when that might come. Derek, want to thank you for taking some time. I know it's a busy week, uh, busy day, coming back from Pocono, getting back to work uh, and everything that's going on out there. I want to thank you for some time. Look forward to seeing you at White Mountain. Uh, we wish you the best of luck in the remainder of 2020.
2: Awesome, man. Hey, I really appreciate it, and uh, good talking to you for
1: sure. All right, that's been Derek Griffith. When we come back, we'll talk about that White Mountain race. We'll talk about a lot of other things, including that Arca race at Pocono, Stafford's reopening, the Modified Tour up at White Mountain this weekend as well, Tri Track at Monadnock. There are about a million things uh, on the list here to come. We will be right back on Mainly Modified.
0: Victory Custom Trailers is a new and used trailer and RV dealership specializing in motor coaches, toter homes, race trailers, stackers, and lift gates. Their number one priority is to provide the absolute best customer service and deliver the finest quality trailers and coaches with flawless fit and finish. With over 200 coaches and trailers in stock, they are sure to have what you're looking for. If you're looking for something more custom, they can assist you in designing a trailer to meet your specifications so you will not be disappointed in fact, you can design your very own trailer right from their website. For more information, just go to the website. You can check their inventory online. It's victorycustomtrailers.com. That's victorycustomtrailers.com. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math or science person. No excuses. No problem. It's not rocket science, it's my computer career. Helping people start an IT career is their thing. If you don't absolutely love what you do, go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You can start your new life as an information technology professional in as little as four months. Attend classes on campus or live online just two or three times a week to get what you'll need to start your new career. More than just a school, My Computer Career helps you get into the industry by working with hundreds of employers that hire their students. My Computer Career is nationally accredited and financially it is available for those who qualify, including the GI Bill. Classes start soon, so go take the career evaluation now at mycomputercareer.edu. Mycomputercareer.edu. That's mycomputercareer.edu. Welcome back to Mainly Modifieds. As we continue with our show, we bring in now Kyle Souza. To uh, have some conversation post Derek Griffith interview, Kyle. I just Derek is one of these young racers that I mean he's in his early twenties. He's certainly proven himself in every opportunity that he's gotten, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and I would just I think he is he has got all the raw ingredients from the the ability to, to drive the race car to the understanding of the race car to the personality. Um, and, you know, just that that whole package to be very successful in the big leagues of motorsports. And I really hope that somebody very soon gives this young man uh, a solid opportunity. Obviously, he's, he's done some um, ARCA racing now, uh, and I'd love to see him uh, a full season in the big leagues of ARCA in a competitive car that can run for wins because I believe that uh, Derek Griffith could could go out and win a championship in the Arca Series and catapult himself right into NASCAR if he can just get the uh, the right people behind him to do
2: it.
1: Yeah, I think that's what we talk about a lot, right? It's the opportunity uh, that somebody brings up uh, that gets him to where he needs to be to get to that higher level. Obviously, it costs a lot of money. Uh, good to be back for another episode. Talking yeah. with Derek, that was our first uh, non-modified guest um, in our 19 or so podcast now. So uh well
0: nice to talk to him i nice guess i'd throw paul root, root in there
1: <laughs> well,
0: yeah not just a modified know, guy but yeah i know right, what you're saying
1: yeah yeah he's uh you know just an all-around great kid uh really passionate about racing he is uh, we started talking about you know him winning the world series title at new smyrna this year which is obviously uh other than this getting the jump to ARCA, probably the most marquee uh, you know, stat in his racing resume. I know he's won some big super late model races. Uh, and you heard him say he's still got some super late model races on his calendar uh, that he'd like to win. I know the Oxford 250 is up there, sure. uh, yeah. obviously the Snowball Derby. Uh, There's still super late model races he'd like to get up there and win. Uh, but again, I think showing that the New England talent, uh, especially at the youth level is good. But, you know, he said it, I'll say it, you've said it before. Money uh, is what gets somebody to a little bit higher rung. And
0: for him, he's got enough money to run smart races and hopefully get noticed enough to take the next step. Well, and I think one of the things that works in his favor is, you know, you have a team like an hour motorsports, for example, who is new England based and is now very, very firmly entrenched in the Xfinity series. And, you know, that's an opportunity that of course he's, he's got to do a little bit more uh, training yet. Right. But that's an opportunity um that i i really believe you know now new england has a new england team you know here in in the south and um again it still takes um still takes sponsors to do it you've got to have the money behind you but um i guess what i'm saying is i think it now you've got a group of folks who are in xfinity who are going to want to as it, we even saw it with patrick emmerlin getting the shot with our um, you know they're going to want to be kind of that that portal um, for for people from New England to be able to get an opportunity or the Northeast um, and some you know in in the guys from the modified class and, and those classes up north that NASCAR you know doesn't really I don't want to say they ignore them but there just isn't that opportunity. Ryan Priest kind of broke that barrier a little bit and then you you start to see more of them um i think I think Derek is an example of a driver who certainly could uh could be tough down here, and you know you've got some other young talent up there uh i'd love to see somebody be able to develop Jacob Perry and take him somewhere i mean there's just there's drivers that that need the opportunity and at least now um they've got you know a team down here that at least will give them. The respect they deserve, um, you know, and of course, uh, uh, hopefully, you can put some sponsorship packages together based on that kind of all New England concept, and uh, maybe we can get get Derek going somewhere. But he certainly deserves to be there. Very personable kid. That was a lot of fun to uh, listen to. Yeah, uh, and
1: again, great to catch up with him and yeah. see of what, what he's dealing with uh you know i know a lot about what he's doing with the arca series obviously for sure uh crazy experience he had at pocono um with, with really i think just about 12 laps of practice yeah um and then he's thrown into the race and that's crazy for a guy that's never driven a car like that at that level you know the super late model yep. around oxford to the floor is a bit different than the super yeah. late model Absolutely. around Seacon to the floor but a lot different than the arca car to the floor um so Cool to talk to him. Look forward to seeing him this coming Friday night, hopefully at the White Mountain Motorsports Park, weather permitting, uh, as he returns to pro stock actually with the Super Late models and the Pro All Star Series. Uh, and we'll talk to them about that White Mountain weekend in a second, a pack weekend of racing coming up uh, in New England as we ca- finally, you know, somewhat steer in the right direction uh, in the racing season. I- I'm still, you know, before we get to talking about Stafford and their opener, uh, I know there's been a little bit of an uptick in cases down south, Tom, of the coronavirus. Uh, And I'm I'm now sensing a little bit of concern um, from the racetracks up here in this region about what the 2020 season might look like in the end as we approach July. Some of the tracks have not raced. Uh, Seekonk has not opened the door for a competition yet in 2020. They're hoping to do that next week with their Friday night program. Uh, Stafford, we'll talk about in a second, just opened for their first Friday. They've revamped their schedule. They're planning on going uh, through October, so a little bit longer than extended. New Hampshire has been going. Uh, for a month or so now, with some non-fans races, then fans coming in at 50%. uh, But some general concern uh, in the area, as I get a text from a modified tour car owner, uh, (laughs) the general concern in the area uh, is that racing season could be halted again for a variety of different reasons at some point in the summer. uh, And I think it's creating quite the spectacle here, uh, because you're getting some marquee events. Uh, in the next couple of weeks that I think racetracks are realizing this might be their opportunity to run their marquee events here in the next month or two uh, because by October, September, October, this could be closed back down. So uh, not sure what's going on down there from that perspective, but uh, I'm feeling, you know, I'm here to tell you uh, I'm feeling a little bit concerned uh, with what's going on down south and what could be coming up here. Some of the states halting, some of their reopening, uh, and I'd be a tick concerned about what the race season could look like a month or two from now here, uh, at least in New England.
0: Well, yeah, and I mean, I think to a, a large degree, you're still dealing with, you know, this is politics. I mean, I, I, yes, um, you know, we we have more new cases, but we're testing so many more people. So what's happening is we're just now seeing how many people actually had it or have it. it it's The death toll is not going up in most places. Um, in fact, in most places, it continues to the percentage continues to go down. I think if you look at it on the whole now, we're about 99% recovery. Um, you know, it's... But again, you've got a certain... Th- this is being driven in large part by political agenda. And the, the hard part about that is that you can't... There's nothing... If you're a business owner, if, you know, as a racetrack is a business, if you're, you know, a series is a business... If you're a business owner, you can't fight that. You can't um you cannot put, you know, you, you just there's nothing you can do about it. Um the cases are growing, but you know, in, in again in most places. Now there are certain hot spots, there have been all along and and you know, the hot spots move around and 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 that's you know, that's a part of this thing. Um but I, I'm, to be honest with you, I'm kind of over it. I I, I understand the need for the older age group to, um, you know, to be real careful. And I get that it's easily spreadable. I understand all that. But, you know, this isn't going away anytime soon. And you're going to have a flu and you're going to have whatever else. Um, we have to learn how to deal with this. We can't keep the world shut down forever. We can't keep racetracks shut down forever. And if you're going to allow protesting, then we ought to be allowed to go sit at a racetrack. And that's, you know, this is me giving you my opinion. And, you know, people can agree or disagree, and that's fine. But I just think too much of this is politics, and and it's a little frustrating. And the Northeast is just riddled with that. I think, you know, New England, you've got some governors up there that I just don't get it. I mean, our guy's bad enough in North Carolina here, and I really. I think he's kind of uh he's been very, very uh anti racetrack in terms of the short tracks and I um I think he's gonna he, he's gonna find himself in a in a difficult position come November, I think. But you know, there's my soapbox for the day. I I I don't understand how some of these tracks down here are running without fans. Um you know, I guess they're back gate's strong enough where they can get away with it. Um but it's just uh it's a it's a very tough time and i i i just feel like we're kind of we're caught in someone else's game um and we can't get out of it and that's that's really really frustrating and i would hate to see um i would hate to see the tracks have to shut back down that have that have opened and i certainly can't justify you know certain other types of businesses that gather large people um you know, opening without a racetrack opening. That makes no sense to me at all. Um, So I think that's kind of where we are now. I, I, you know, (laughs) just putting it like it is, um, you know, I don't don't think this is necessarily necessary at this point. I think you could open up and social distance or do whatever and be just fine. We haven't seen great spikes from, you know, people in the pits at racetracks down here uh, or anywhere in the country that I know of. Um, you know, it just, it isn't that, you know, it just isn't that big of a deal. So I don't know, man, I, I, you know, I, I feel for you cause I know you're helping to fight the battle up there with Seaconk and whatever else. And, uh, man, it's just, uh, you know, like I said, you're, you're fighting something that, um, that, that I'm afraid is, is that's a really tough battle to fight because there's a clear agenda and, uh, and I don't know how you're going to get around that.
1: Yeah, uh, can't we put it any better way? It's kind of frustrating. I've uh, been frustrated with it for a while. I think many of the race fans listening, race car drivers, team owners, sponsors, everybody's just as frustrated yeah. um, with, with what's been going on here, uh, not only in New England, but all throughout the country uh, with the race season. Obviously, there was some frustration at Stafford uh, for them to try to get going in 2020. We talked to Paul Root right here on the show last week. Tom yeah. told us. Uh, it was really, you know, a fight with their state as well to get open at Stafford uh, and get their 2020 season rolling. Obviously, uh, we talked to him last week. They were getting ready to lead into their Friday night for 2020, and all heck they did. Um, a lot of cars pulled into that paddock area. Uh, they had a Conzi in their SK Lights, a Conzi in their SK. Uh, they had a lot of weight models, a good count of street stocks, a full field of those, and a decent count of the limited late models as well Nice uh, for their 2020 opener. This past Friday night, last we had gone off the air uh, last week, we had talked about a pay-per-view at Stafford uh, and the fact that, at, you know, at the original moment that we were talking to Paul uh, on that Tuesday uh, episode, uh, they had not announced anything. Paul was looking at some options. Yep. So it was possible. Well, by the end of the week, they had announced uh, prior to the opening night that they were going to launch StaffordSpeedway.tv, dot uh, TV and they launched that with a pay-per-view uh, to watch the Friday night racing. I took in most of the racing via that pay-per-view, especially the SK feature. Uh, We've talked about the racetracks running with no fans. Not really possible at a lot of them. It is possible, though, that some of them run this pay-per-view program. Stanford's got the equipment. They've got the people. uh, And it worked out well uh, with their pay-per-view production. So kudos to them for doing that. That's awesome. Uh, And no surprise here, Tom, he's Rocco. Uh, opens the SK modified season in victory lane up there. This is the third straight year that he's won the opener in the SKs. And I, I don't think anybody listening uh, is going to be overly surprised no. <laughs> to find out that that
0: was the case. Not at all. I mean, Keith is the man when it comes to the, that division. And, and again, you know, you think about that and with the amount of competition that there is in that SK division for Keith, to still be as dominant as he is and still be on top after all this time. I mean, experience counts. But th- that that division is one of the, to me, the most competitive and, and most respectable divisions in all of short track motorsports in this country. And not a surprise Keith won, but again, a testament to the skill level and the talent that he still has because, um, gosh, I mean, that's as stacked of a division as, as you'll find anywhere on any racetrack in the country on a on a Friday or a Saturday night.
1: Yeah, uh, and he opens the season in Victory Lane, the front of that field, stacked with regulars as well that are going to be strong all year. Todd Owen, Ronnie Williams, yep. Chase Dowling was up there for a bit before he had a mechanical failure. Uh, you know, Woody Pitcat was up there. There's guys in this field, including Stephen Coptick, uh, who's kind of come out of nowhere the last couple of years as the top contender uh, over at Stafford and the SKs. These guys are hardcore racers. Uh, A lot of them work on their own stuff. They set up their own stuff. In Todd Owens' case, he builds his own race cars. Uh, I know Rocco works in his race cars 24-7. He doesn't have much time to do anything else these days. Uh, So, you know, good to see him in victory lane. John Pulio picking up his first win in the SK Lights. Uh, Always great to see a first-time winner. Uh, A little bit of a long night. Uh, As part of this opener, Uh, you know, the SK feature didn't go off probably till 11 o'clock. They started their heat races at six. Oh, wow. Uh, I think that a product of Pack Pit Area. Um, But I wasn't there, Tom, but I I talked to a lot of people that were there uh, and test there. What I understand, there were a lot of masks uh, when they were needed. Of course, they're not needed when you can stay six feet apart in the grandstands. uh, But a lot of people had them. Stafford did signify a section of the grandstand strictly masks only. Uh, and that opens the door uh, for race fans that might not feel as comfortable getting in a crowd uh, without a mask to simply go to that section and sit with the mask sure. on all yep. night. Yep. Uh, and I think that's great. Uh, and I think that for Stafford's perspective, they're off the ground running. Uh, they've got some Friday night racing coming up, and they've done something a little bit different. They've moved their open 80s uh, that were scheduled for Friday nights, including July 10th, which is next Friday. They've moved those to Saturday night. Uh, oh, Really? Yeah, so they're going to run a couple of Saturday events, uh, July 18th and August 1st, uh, with Open 80 on a Saturday night. Uh, and I think that opens the door uh, for something we haven't seen, you know, at least in a long time, probably pretty much ever, uh, at Stafford, weekend race, racing. They've been accustomed to that Friday night, uh, you know, spice it up when you get out of work, get to the racetrack. Yeah. Now they're going to move to Saturdays, and I think those Open 80s on a Saturday might give some of these modified teams an extra day to get prepared, uh, and unload on, on a Saturday. The flip side, Tom, we talked about it last week with the scheduling. Uh, this is going to close up that door even more for some you know, guys like the Modified Tour and Tri-Track to schedule some races. So we could have a lot of races here, spend in just a few months.
0: Well, yeah, uh, I, and I kinda, but I kind of like the Saturday idea for the Open 80s because it, it makes it feel more like a big race. So it, in other words, instead of it just being a part of, what already is a kick ass Friday night show, in my opinion, at Stafford, the Open 80 becomes a whole separate deal now that you maybe can build the show around on a Saturday night and, um, you know, maybe do some different things or fun things, whatever they, they feel like they want to do. But, um, I just think it gives it kind of more of its own identity. Um, it makes those shows bigger and that should be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. And they'll, uh, We'll be back in action this coming Friday night. As I mentioned, you can buy it, StaffordSpeedway.tv from all across the country. Uh, if you're not up here in New England and you can't make it to the track, if you haven't uh, bought your tickets for this coming Friday night, which would be July the 3rd, you're out of luck because uh, they've already sold out. Uh, oh, we're wow. We're this on a Tuesday. So their capacity is limited to 25%. Uh, they are oh, selling tickets right, yeah. like crazy. It's like fire burning, uh, and they can't put it out, which is great for the racetrack. Fantastic, yeah. Uh, so really great to hear that. Uh, and really excited to see what happens uh, going forward uh, with what they do for their 2020 season. Obviously, uh, the mass, the social distancing, Paul said to us last week, that's not going away. We know that. We knew that. Uh, so looking forward to seeing what they come up with uh, over the next month or so. And hopefully they can get their season extended to October like they planned. Uh, the Modified Tour at Stafford is still up in the air. What's not up in the air, though, Tom, is the return of the Modified Tour for the second race of 2020. Coming this Saturday night at the White Mountain Motorsports Park on July 4th, uh, celebrating Independence Day, I guess, in style uh, with 600 horsepower ground-pounding modifies uh, around a tight bullring uh, that is White Mountain. It reminds me, for those fans that don't know what it does look like, it reminds me of a mix of Riverhead and Monadnock. Uh, the tight corners of Riverhead, <laughs> but the banking of Monadnock, maybe a tick more uh, in the corners. And it's a small track, man. This is a, uh, a bow ring in all intents and purposes. Uh, and I think uh, the, the big question going into this, Tom, is going to be another neutral track. None of these guys have run there in Modified Tour competition. It'll be the first time ever. A couple of them, Anthony Docello, Woody Pitcat, have run there before uh, in a Modified Tour. They kind of had 10, 11 cars got up off the ground for one race. Right. Uh, I think, believe that was last year, maybe the year before. Uh, so those guys have a bit of experience, but another neutral track which is going to open the door
0: for some other guys to have a run at guys like Bonsignor and Kobe. Well, and see, I love the neutral track thing. I love the way, I mean, this is, let's face facts here. This is a terrible season for everybody with, with this COVID trying to do things. Um, and the modified tour is just golly. I mean, it's just, but, uh, but the thing that I enjoy about it, about it so far is we go to, we went to Jennerstown and again, um, you know, that was for all intents and purposes, a neutral track. And then we go to White Mountain now, uh, which is a totally neutral track. So this, the one thing that this has done, and it's not just for Modifieds, but um, it, it, it NASCAR as well, but it's given an opportunity for us to sort of see and feel and experience some things a little differently than we're used to. And I think some of that is really good um i can't wait i mean the way you just described white mountain i I really want to watch that show now um because that's exactly the kind of a racetrack i'd love to see the tour race on i imagine that's going to be uh there there will likely be some fireworks on and off the track i would think um and so that's that's fun i i i love it and and it's the the only bad part about it is obviously there's no continuity here, right? Because we're we're kinda of making it up as we go, which is, you know, nobody's fault really, um, as far as the tour. But um you know, at least the first two shows have been at in interesting places that are necessarily very different for the modified set. And um, you know, the guys get to, to try out some different things, and maybe, we, maybe we'll maybe we get some different faces uh, mixing it up at the front this weekend with that track being such a boring Yeah, it could be. Uh, you know, we could get some other
1: guys up there. I know a couple of guys have gone up and tested. Craig Watts, Matt Swanson, I believe Sam Ramos has been up there uh, testing as well. So a couple of guys have turned some laps, uh, which is great to see that they're getting a little bit of a jump Uh, on the other competitors and getting rolling. Obviously, the testing gives you a tick of an advantage uh, over the rest of them. I think what's going to bring up a whole other issue uh, going into this Saturday's event is the fact that there's a tri-track race the next day, uh, a couple hours away. A lot of these guys are going to try to run both. Not your Justin Bonson, yours, and Doug Kobe's. They're not going to try to run both. But the guys that are going to try to run both, guys like Matt Hirschman, guys like Sam Ramo, guys like Chase Dowling, Ronnie Williams is not running at White Mountain, but he'll be at Monadnock on Sunday. Woody Pitcat's going to run both. Uh, Matt Swanson will run both. So there's a list of guys that are going to try to do two races in two days, uh, in some cases in two different cars, uh, and that'll create a little bit of a uh, a skeptical situation, I guess, if they're going to run, you know, say, for example, Chase Dowling runs for Danny Watts on the tour. Instead, on the tri-trank, he will run for Jimmy Page. So different car owners, different cars, it works. Uh, but I think personally, I mean, I, I haven't seen anything that's going to tell me uh, that Justin Bonsignor is not the clear cup favorite uh, going into this race. They go to new tracks all the time. Justin seems to pick it up right away. Obviously, Ryan Stone gives him a good car. Uh, and if it's up to me, if I had to pick right now and you put me on the spot, I'm picking Justin Bonsignor uh, to win at White Mountain. Well,
0: and again, I mean, you can't disagree with any of that. But I think, I just think that, You have that opportunity on a smaller track, especially one nobody's ever been at. You have the opportunity for somebody to just kind of catch on quicker. And, um, you know, again, I, I think this is... You know, you, you, some of the guys that we talk about as being kind of just outside that mainstream, I think on a track like this, you start really paying attention to them. Um, because starting position is going to be everything, I think, it sounds like, um, with this. So if somebody, you know, if you can get a few guys starting up front that are, um, you know, not the top three or four that you expect, then it makes it harder for those guys to get, you know, get to the front and stay there. Um but I, I think if you're, it sounds like if you were, if you're good at Riverhead, you'll be good there. Which, of course, you know we know Bon is, and and there are some other guys. I mean, I think Kobe, I'm sure that Kobe will will be better than he was at Jennerstown, uh, and he wasn't that bad there. Um, you know, it, you're going to have a lot of guys. I think that um, that that have a chance to run very well at this track from the way you've described it Um, but yeah I mean obviously if you're going on a two inch limb and you got to rank a favorite Justin Bonsignor is probably going to be the favorite at every track all year (laughs) Um, you know just because that team is just so strong right now and it's kind of the show me don't tell me idea you know until you show me you can beat Justin Bonsignor I'm going to keep picking Justin to win kind of thing
1: yeah uh, and that's exactly my motto if you can't beat him uh, until somebody proves to me that they can outrun him at any track uh, straight up. And this is going to be a race tom where uh, they're going to have to do it straight up. And I say it reminds me a lot of Riverhead and Manaddenon. Some of the reason, not just the track surface, is the fact that the pit area is not in the infield. Uh, the pit area is outside the track. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. So if you have to pit, uh, you are going at least one lap down before you get back out, in, in yeah. most cases, probably more. Uh, so that tells me that they've got to go all 200 laps on one dang set of tires, Uh, and to me, you know, again, at lap 190, uh, when you need to drive the teeth out of it uh, to maintain position at the front of the field, you tell me uh, who is going to outrun Justin Bonsignor on 200-lap tires. I I just don't. With the setup that's under that car, uh, there are very few guys in that tour right now that I think are going to be able to run with him. I think guys like Watts, Stilt, Kobe, uh, I look at a guy – You know, like Timmy Salamito. See, that's uh, I was going to mention, Timmy. Yeah, he's the guy that's run well at Riverhead uh, that could be a contender up there. Uh, Chase Dowling can drive. You know, there's a really good list. I mean, you've got Woody Pitcat, Matt Swanson, guys like Ramo, Patrick Emmerling, McKennedy, Kobe, the Bonsignors, both Kyle and Justin, the Cousins. Uh, You've got the Catalanos, all three of their cars, Salamito, Castriac, Dowling, Silk, Nocella, I mean, the list just goes on and on of the guys that are competing uh, on Sunday, excuse me, Saturday at White and I think this is going to be a good show. In all intents and purposes, this is a race weekend that race fans are not going to want to miss. Tom, you see a lot of super late models down there. They're going to get that on Friday night with the Pro All-Star Series for 150 laps, uh, 100-lap late model race, fireworks, and then Saturday you got the Tour Race on saturday night i'm really pleased to see white mountain step up uh and bring in a modified tour show it really tom and a really a a scary time uh for all intents and purposes for racing because you know the modified tour sanctioning fee is 70 grand on a normal year yeah this year it's probably more like 40 or 45 at this point uh and white mountain even at that rate is taking a little bit of a whim out here uh, to bring in sure. the modified yep. tour and I think we need more tracks that are willing to do that
0: well well, yes but of course it has to make sense and not every track is able to do that in terms of having the resources to you know kind of put out on a limb like that uh, but you know I, yeah that's a great double header man that, that's a, especially on a track like that I'd love to be up there uh, watching those those shows those two days worth of shows but uh you know, I think uh, I, I think the fact that you're going to have to go all two hundred laps on a set of tires is going to make that race really interesting. And I and I just think that lends itself again to maybe a bit of scrambled eggs at the front of the field because um, you know you you really have to be careful not to use the tires up in the first you know hundred laps because position it matters that you're. Near the front, it doesn't matter that you're at the front, and you may see some comers or goers as guys decide to you know maybe the guys that um lead early are going to decide to drop back a little bit uh for a while in the middle of the race to to kind of conserve so this is going to be a bit more probably of a strategy race than um what the normal tour show would be where you you know you're going to get that new set of tires. Um, you know, on the pit stop. So, um, this could be a really, really fun race. And I, I think that track sounds like it's a great track for it, for the tour to run. So hopefully maybe this will uh, be successful and become a staple for the tour to run there. Um, every year.
1: Yeah. We heard Justin Bonsier uh, a couple of weeks ago when we talked to him, say, uh, and actually it might've been last week, uh, when he talked about the fact that, uh, he's excited to see this because it could open the door for some new tracks yeah. to come in. Uh, to the modified tour schedule, and I think he's 100% right. I mean, the sanctioning fee of 70,000 is a bit more uh, that people than people normally want to see for a racetrack perspective uh, to put up money for a one-day show. But if this can come down a bit, uh, and they can get more cars in there uh, to help the back gate, and get more fans in there to help the front gate, guys like White Mountains Track uh, and Thunder Road and Jennerstown could really add a whole new dimension. Uh, to the Modified Tour going forward. Obviously, there's a lot of factors that play into that. I think the number one factor uh, is whether or not we go back to normal life uh, in 2021 at a racetrack to see what that schedule might look like. Uh, But again, I think, you know, White Mountain might hold a second race in 2020. That's been on the table. Thunder Road holding their first Modified Tour race uh, in 2020 is on the table as well. I think there's some other tracks that are out there in discussion uh, that are in New Hampshire that people might not think would hold the modified tour race uh, that very well possibly could. Uh, and I think NASCAR and Jimmy Wilson are doing really everything they can uh, to try to get this off the ground a little bit more. I mean, they've got it off the ground here uh, in the last month or so, getting things back to racing uh, with the Jennerstown opener with no fans. This one, Tom, is going to be a little bit different. Yeah. They can have fans. Yep. Uh, 50% capacity. Uh, you know, the masks are encouraged. Uh, If you can socially distance, they say you don't need it. You can stay away from people. I know a lot of people have gone to the racetrack lately and done just that, uh, stayed away from other people. So they haven't worn it, which, you know, based on the guidance from the states is fine. Yep. Um, And, you know, we'll see how it plays out. I think the whole thing that could throw a wrench uh, in this Tom, and is going to really cause a bit of a mess here uh, if it ends up happening. Some of these New England states have put in a quarantine order if you're coming from states down south. Uh, States like North Carolina, Florida, Texas. Uh, And unfortunately for the modified tour, a good chunk of the high brass officials like Jimmy Wilson live in North Carolina Uh, and they're going to need to come up here to maintain these events. And I I know, you know, there's been some cases where state officials have given a waiver uh, for some things to happen, but that could be something to watch uh, with the NASCAR modified tour. Jimmy Wilson directs it. He comes from down South if there's a quarantine order for 14 days, I don't think he's going to come up here and stay here 14 days ahead of a race every week. Um, it's just not going to be enough time. Uh, so that's a whole new dimension that somebody brought up to me this morning, uh, talking with a source and, you know, it's definitely something to consider, uh, with some of the officials coming from down there, a few of the cars come from down there. Uh, there's some things to watch there. Uh, and that's just one more dimension to add into this already needle in a haystack style season.
0: Yeah, it is. And, and, uh, for me being from New York, New York has the same deal, and so that was going to um you know impact my uh, my opportunity to go to Oswego for their opener on the fourth, which of course has subsequently been put off because um they couldn't have fans um and they're not they, oswego's not able to to run without fans, even with the pay per view thing it's it's just too much of a risk. So um, they're so closed. But, yeah, that there again, you know, we're dealing we're just dealing with a lot of things that don't make a lot of sense. But, you know, we we have to deal with them one way or another. So, um, you know, gosh, man, I I hope we can uh, get some momentum going here. I mean, I'm glad to see the tour coming right back with another race. I mean, to think that this is only the second race of the season for the tour is just mind-blowing honestly um maybe you see another one or you know or two maybe i guess i don't know at jennerstown but um maybe another maybe like you said meth thunder road would be a really intriguing um place to hold a modified tour race um you know maybe another white mountain race i mean you might as you and i've been talking about six to eight as being the magic number and uh that that seems like it's kind of top end at this point at the rate that uh, we're going, um, you know, and so um, I just hope that uh, the fans support every race that, that gets run here, either if you can get to the racetrack, go, or if you can't, then, uh, you know, make sure you're supporting it through the, uh, the live streams and whatever, because, um, you know, this has just been a lost season in a lot of ways for a lot of tracks and series and in a lot of uh, different parts of the country. So um Hopefully, we can uh, we, we have a good weekend this weekend, uh, weather-wise, and, and everybody up there that is running can get their shows in the tracks need all the money they can get, and so do the drivers.
1: Yeah, and a lot of the tracks, Tom, and I mentioned Stafford, with their purse agreement uh, with the drivers is kind of what it was before. Yeah. Uh, their purse agreement for 2020 actually raising a bit off that pay-per-view. So they take 25% of every pay-per-view. Uh, so a $20 pay-per-view, 25% is 5 bucks. And they put that towards the purses. Oh, nice! Uh, for their for their divisions. So, you know, I can't tell you exactly how much money they put towards the purses extra, uh, but there's times in life where they got to do what they got to do. Yep. Uh, and they're taking that pay per view money, fifteen of it towards the track to run the expenses, five hours of it towards the purses. I think it's a pretty good mix, uh, and it, it gives race teams a little bit more money to race for. It's not a ton. I'm sure they're not selling twenty thousand pay per views. They might sell two, three, four hundred at most. Yeah. Uh, for for a regular Friday night, maybe they're open, or They might have sold the high end of that. I'm sure their regular Friday nights they'll sell a little bit lower. They're open modified shows. It's like thirty bucks, I think. Uh, you know, for the pay per view, and then I, the Friday night show is either twenty or twenty five dollars. So, uh, it's it's a good value. Uh, pretty close to what you get in the front gate, maybe a tick less. Uh, so looking forward to seeing what they do with that. Speaking of streaming, uh, for those of you who heard me talk about the Tri-Track Open Modified Series race, uh, that event is going to be streamed as well, speed51.com, teaming with the Tri-Track Series to get that race on pay-per-view uh, for $25 for the day of racing. You can purchase that on Speed 51. They're going back, Tom, for the first time this year. Tri-Track originally scheduled to go at Manadnock way back on May 9th, which feels like years ago. Yeah, uh, And now they're finally going to get underway on Sunday, uh, July the 5th. Uh, and we've talked about the Tri-Track series before, worthy of spending a couple minutes on now, though, sure. to say that this is a different kind of modified series. It's not the modified tour. Uh, they don't get, you know, Ken Massa and Mike Smiriglio in the past, modified tour top car owners. They go with guys like Bob Horn, uh, you know, Mike Hirschman, uh, Les Hinckley, guys that are car owners that work on their own car most of the time, right. uh, and they get some others in there as well for the modified tour, but tri track does a couple of cool things. Number one, they run heat races instead of single-car qualifying, uh, and that kind of opens the door for some cool stuff. Concee races, a B-Main if necessary. This year, they're going to pay $300 to win a heat race. Uh, and oh, wow. Pretty dang good yeah, for a 15-lap heat race. Uh, so they're going to pay that. And I think, Tom, the biggest thing that the tri track series done for me, does, uh, from my perspective, is sends cars home at every race. I mean, there are 40 cars there and only 26 star. And that just shows you the caliber uh, of series that these officials have put together, that all these people are willing to show up. uh, And 14 or 15 of them are not even going to take the dang green flag. And still, even if they don't qualify, are going to make at least $300 uh, for coming to the track. This series is really the epitome uh, of six races uh, and a smaller caliber, smaller budget series where race teams can still make a good check.
0: That's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, well, and see I I think I feel like uh, on the dirt side of things in New York, Pennsylvania, that area, you have the Super Dirt Series, Super Dirt Car Series, and then you have um you have a series that's basically um, and i'm i i'm not going to think of the name of the series now <laughs> cuz i'm old and my mind freezes up but um you have two different series and one is kind of the big series like NASCAR and Tour would be and the other one is um uh, very much the 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 sort of working man's series and i feel like tri track is to the NASCAR and Tour what you know what that series is to the Super Dirt Car series um and i and i just think that uh, I, I, in New England, where the modifieds are still so strong, I think you need that because not everybody can afford to go run on the tour. I mean, and, okay, this year a little different, DLS less races, whatever. But normally, not not everybody can afford to go and compete for wins against teams with you know six figure budgets. I mean, you, it just it's too expensive to go run the tour for a lot of these average uh, Saturday night short track modified teams, and so tri track serves a great purpose. Um, and when you can send 10 or 15 guys home every week, I mean, I know it sucks to be one of those guys, but, um, from a series standpoint, when you when you can send 10 to 15 guys home from every race, Kyle, that's an enormously successful series in 2020. It really is.
1: Yeah. And it opens the door, uh, for a lot of these race teams to do something different too. Uh, yeah. Other than just the NASCAR modified tour, which I know a lot of people love, a lot of people enjoy uh, running the NASCAR tour, but this gives them the opportunity to do something completely different. Uh, still same kind of lap counts, a little bit shorter with a hundred laps. Uh, Tri-Track does allow one tire uh, in the middle of the race, one brand new tire at some events, some events they don't, uh, but they get the same kind of quality. I mean, the guys that pre order tires, Pit Cat, Silk, Dowling, Tommy Barrett, Matt Swanson, Ronnie Williams, Les Hinkley, uh, Matt Hirschman, Bright Barney, Sam Ramo. I mean, these guys are, the best of the best, uh, and the Manadinox going to bring about uh, some interesting guys as well, guys that run the Manadinox Sportsman Modifieds uh, are going to hop in and compete with the Tri-Track Series to some level as well and try to win the race. Uh, this is going to be a, a real good show uh, coming up on Sunday afternoon. They've got a couple other of their local divisions going to compete as well. Uh, we talked about it at the top, Tom, that this weekend uh, is really a marquee weekend for race fans. I mean, you've got White Mountain on Friday night with the Pro All-Star Series and the 100-lap weight models. Uh, and then you've got the modified tour at White Mountain on Saturday uh, for 200 big laps. And then Sunday, the Tri-Track Series uh, at Monadnock uh, for 100 with their heats and their concies, uh and their local divisions. I mean, racing season kind of back in full swing here. Uh, I'm always hesitant to say it, uh, but it seems to me like we're taking the turn uh, towards some type of modified season that hopefully is going to last all the way through October. But it's crazy to think it's already July.
0: I know. It really is. Well, I mean, it's just 2020 has been just such a bizarre year all the way around. Uh, the the short track super series is what I was trying to think of, by the way, or the other dirt car series. But, yeah, that, I mean, it's good to see that at least there's, and, and it's kind of that way here. I mean, a lot of the tracks here are open. Um and they're running without fans. how they're doing it, I have no idea uh Batgate must be carrying it, maybe there's some reduced persons that I don't know about or whatever it's some of them but um you know they're running and um it and and you almost are at a point where you just you wanna go and and see as much of it as you can now because you don't know how long it's gonna last, and that's that's just um that's really where we're at right now, so um you know, but it's good to be talking about. Uh, two modified tours running in the same weekend and, you know, the Stafford uh, open eighties deal and, and, you know, so much, I mean, new England, I I tell you, I'm jealous because uh, as much as I love it down here, um, I, the racing that you, you were able to be a part of up there uh, is exactly the kind of racing I grew up with other than the super modifieds. And um, gosh, it's just so, the, the, the competition, um, both at the weekly tracks and in the touring series, modified slate models, SKs, I just, it's a great, that's a, one of, if not the top region in the country for, for pavement racing, it, I, in fact, I would say that it is, honestly, um, I don't think there's a, a more competitive, more intense region in the country for asphalt racing than, than New England. And, uh, you know, and not even all the tracks are open, which is really, uh, you know, I mean, when you open all the tracks, it's, it's just really unbelievable. It's almost, you know, there's almost more, there's way more racing than one person could see on a given weekend. So you just have to make choices, but what great problems to have. Yeah. Uh, and problems to have in this time of the world are. Endless. I well, really I think mean, fun. well, I just, Funs you know, for a racetrack or endless. Yeah. I'm just saying, if you're a fan, you know, and, and, the biggest problem you got is, geez, do I go to, you know, do I go to Star? Or do I go to Manadnock to, you know, what Saturday night track do I go to? Do I go to, you know, white mountain on Saturday or Manadnock on Sunday, or do I go to both? Do I go to Stafford on Friday? You know, um, I mean, those are great problems to have. I, I will tell you down here, I'm not going to say there isn't some great racing in the South. There surely is. But um, it's nothing like up there. <laughs> Honestly, it really isn't. It's nothing like up there, um, you know. And so, uh, it's it's just so much fun doing the show every week and just talking about all this. And I mean, I get goosebumps just thinking about the idea of the wheel and tour at White Mountain and and you know tri track at, at Monadnock and and Stafford running, um, and you know all of this, all of these tracks, and even your your deal at Seaconk on Fast Fridays. Those certainly aren't. What you would call major divisions, but you know what, the Bandoleros, the Legends, um, divisions like that put on great racing in their own respect. So you know, it's uh, there's a lot of racing to see in New England. So I just hope the fans get out and support it where they can, uh, when they can, and certainly if you can't, and you got a pay per view. Buy the pay per view. You know, people say, well, twenty, thirty bucks is expensive. Not really. I mean, if you're going to take your family to the racetrack, you're spending way more than that. So you you buy the pay-per-view, and everybody sits around watches it, and you know, free food. The concession lines are shorter, and the bathroom lines are shorter, and you know. So if you can't go to the racetrack, um, you know, you if you got a pay-per-view, support it, and uh, you know, because again, the track needs the money, and so do the teams. So you know, we've gotta we've gotta do what we can to support while you know while it's available this year, and I hope everybody does. Yeah, looking forward to seeing this
1: weekend, looking forward to being up at the track uh, for a full weekend of racing that I didn't expect about a month ago uh, that's kind of merged here together. Remember, pass uh, on Friday. We talked to Derek Griffith earlier. He'll be there uh, for that event. We'll talk to him again, I'm sure, uh, up there. We'll talk to a couple of the winners from the weekend, uh, get them some audio here for our show next week. Uh, And next week's going to be a busy one. We're going to recap all this racing, uh, the Mod Tour, at White Mountain and Tri-Track at Banadnock especially. And then at that point, Tom, we'll be looking forward, hopefully by then, to knowing uh when the NASCAR wheel and modified tour will return to the track next. Uh obviously last week we you know we talked about the fact that Wall Stadium had been postponed. Yeah that was originally July eleventh. That's been postponed uh July 18th that New Hampshire was canceled. Uh so not sure what the next date could come uh for the modified tour. We look forward to seeing that. Uh, and finding out what the heck the deal is uh, with the rest of the 2020 modified season, which is quickly uh, sliding away from us as we already enter July. I look forward to catching up, going over everything again next week uh, and talking to somebody else about what they feel uh, this 2020 season is, is going to go.
0: Where are things going next? Always a fun conversation, my friend. And uh, we'll wrap that uh, up, wrap this up on that note, and look forward to the next edition of Mainly Modifieds coming up in a week or so. In the meantime, we wish uh, all the drivers and teams a safe racing weekend coming up. Happy Fourth of July. If there was ever a time when we should be celebrating the freedom and independence that this nation has has always had, it is this year. So uh, be positive, get out, have some cookouts in the backyard, enjoy being with other folks, and um, everybody be safe. The upcoming uh, 4th of July weekend, and Kyle and I will be uh, back in the saddle next week for another Mainly Modifieds. Until then, for Kyle and uh, for Derek Griffith, our guest today, we thank him for uh, taking the time to chat with us here on Mainly Modifieds. I'm Tom Baker from Race Chaser Media saying thanks for checking us out. Have a great 4th of July weekend, and we'll be back next week for another Mainly Modifieds podcast. So long. You've been listening to Mainly Modified, the show where ground pounders and northeast speed freaks come to get their radio fix on. The show is available on demand by searching Race Chaser Radio on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Music, and most other major podcast platforms. Visit RaceChaserMedia.com for more unique motorsports stories and radio content. And follow Race Chaser Media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.